Welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your co-host Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How are y'all doing? Good. Doing good. Fellas, I didn't bring this up in the pre-show, but it just hit me. We we need to send out thoughts and prayers to fellow SEC country. Uh, Nashville today, I believe, was on the news with a shooting, and then Mississippi uh, Saturday with – or Friday night with the uh, just real bad deal. I actually have some family just north a couple miles of Roland Fork, Mississippi, and they were okay, but they drove into town afterwards, and they've been on their recovery process. I mean, the first house they pulled up on, they found two people crushed. Uh, oh, good so night. I think up to 29 people killed from storms Friday in the state of Mississippi. So thoughts and prayers go out to those people, and – Man, just uh, be thankful for the days we do have. We never know what tomorrow brings, right? That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Prayers to everyone involved in those incidents. Well, let's let's get into it. Uh, Case, you, you ran a poll on Twitter or, or made a suggestion that we become a baseball pod. and uh, it was not the weekend we were looking for, but – before we get into the South Carolina series, uh, let's go back to last Thursday in Kansas City against KU, or it wasn't Wednesday, but it, one day last week, midweek game at Kaufman, uh, the hated Jayhawks. And Case, you you took the family there, and uh, what you think? I did. Um, so. First of all, I never, I had never been to Coffin that was that sparsely attended, and uh, I got to tell you, there's something to be said for getting able to get into the stadium. It, get, so, with traffic, it probably takes me 35 minutes to get home from the stadium. That's like a, a sparsely attended Royals game. I was home in 15 minutes after the game was over, so that was pretty money. Um, but it was actually a really fun game, fun experience. Uh, they put all the Mizzou fans on third base, all the KU fans on first base. And I think it was it was technically it was a KU home game because all the graphics and stuff on the board were KU, but it honestly it was split down the middle. I think it was you know same amount of attendance on both sides. Um, we got into a, we we, you know, we watched the game. Mizzou led throughout. KU had a little rally there. We had a little bullpen struggles, um, but man, it, I was my favorite thing was uh, when they came back. Their side was you know rock chalking and all that nonsense. Um, they were losing their minds, and then the next inning when we blew up for that five run top of the ninth, uh, the the amount that were you know we're chanting Miz, we're getting loud, they're heading for the exits. It was a uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was it was fun seeing the guys in person. It was a, a really good man. Just uh, our, our guy Ty Wilsmeyer had some web gyms out there. He even he scored from second on a single. Um, but yeah, good game fun atmosphere and i really hope that uh we can, they can do more baseball in kansas city or st louis and get more people out there I'd, I'd like to make a motion that we change ty's last name to wills meyer because that kid is 
blazing fast. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw the tweet, but like his his speed from uh, home to first was recorded over thirty miles an hour. I saw he has a truck, doesn't he? Uh, holy cow! Uh, love to see what he's doing. You know, he talked about his back coming to life and uh, rolling into the weekend series against South Carolina was not the results we wanted by any means. We were swept. So now we're 500 in league play, uh, South Carolina six and zero in league play. So they're, they're no slouch, but we very easily, uh, were just a couple plays away from taking two out of three and taking the series there. But, uh, what I was going to say on, on the tie deal was seemed like every highlight, that they showed he was on, on the base path, coming home, scoring or making the big hit, you know, like he really had a good weekend uh, for himself individually. And, and love that, you know, him coming on the pod twice with us. We feel like he's definitely a friend of the pod. Uh, so love, love seeing his progression throughout the season, but, Let's talk about that South Carolina series. Uh, Cole, we'll, we'll let you jump in here. Friday's game, uh, I'll just kind of let you give a rundown of it. Yeah, um, Friday's game, I mean, it was a uh, hard-fought, back-and-forth kind of game. Um, one that, you know, you like to see, especially first time kind of going on a true SEC road game. And, uh, yeah, Dad Gum, the, the guys just couldn't bring it home. Um we talked about it in the pre-show, you know, for a little bit that might have been some questionable um, calls from the coaching staff as far as, you know, who to leave in, who to take out kind of deal. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just – that's a heartbreaker. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on the recap, but, uh, what, top nine, it was uh, two outs down to the last two strikes, I think it was. We walked yeah, about sure. Yeah, walked batter, hit by pitch, and then uh, another walk, and then base hit for them to. Uh, I don't know, just yeah. gut wrenching for sure. What almost makes it like even more painful for me is Luke Mann absolutely went off in that game, and uh, all people are remember from that game is the that ninth fiasco when you should think about just how insane he was. He had three home runs just in Friday alone, like. That's that's crazy. You yeah, you could I mean, he played really, he really well. Team. Do what? I said you you could even say he's the man of the team. Yeah, that's definitely a fair statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, y'all you'll watch that game. Something I want to bring up is the the announcer on that Friday game. Bless her heart, but uh, man had an absolute moonshot, but he pulled down left field line. It was fair. It was pretty clearly fair. And uh, she was like, "So, uh, yeah, that's foul. Oh, did that was that out? Was that out?" And then the whole time, <laughs> if you're watching, you're just sitting there like in disbelief because you're like, oh, "What are you talking about? He hit that like 500 feet. <laughs> like, what do you mean was that out? Like, it was. Oh, it was terrible." But uh, also, this you guys, the score bug in that game kept breaking. That was a hard game to watch, and then it was just finished off pretty upsetting as well. But also to give some some clarity here. We went into the ninth, if I'm not mistaken, a two-run lead. Yes, that yeah, that last home run was the kind of insurance run on there. Uh, Three-run so, lead. You had to score four. Three. Okay, 
And it was not like a quick thing. It was uh, just a slow, torturing, painful <laughs> ending watching it. Like, it's just one or two plays away, you know, like yeah, uh, a, a drop, a uh, third strike. You yes. know, and, and got – he made it to first. You know, a, little stuff like that, but it's still relatively early for the season. Uh, so, the, the small stuff like that they can work on. And then Saturday uh, got pushed to a doubleheader. Uh, the first game was really the only game we, we – I mean, they just – Jumped on top, South Carolina did, and I think we only scratched across one run. Mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, Ty was part of that. But, you know, it's it's just one of the games we, we never really got our footing uh, from the get-go. And then in the second game of the doubleheader is the other tough one. Uh, you know, that South Carolina jumped up to a lead. We tied it up. Um, uh, believe we tied it up kind of late too, didn't we? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was later innings. And then we end up going into extras and, uh, we are sorry to our listeners. Uh, case you, I guess you should be the one to apologize here because you had it in your notes and you didn't bring it up, but I was unaware that Ty Wilsmeyer pitches. Yeah, and, he had a, an appearance um, against a non-con game, put two innings down. So he, he comes out of the pit every now and then. Uh, he he came up huge uh, in the second game of the doubleheader. You know, I was thinking when I saw that he came in, like, what are we are we giving up on a on the game here, putting in a position player? But Ty brought it. He he's got he, he really did. Stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, he he had like he had six strikeouts. Is that right? Anyways, he, he did. He absolutely brought it. But yeah, but that game had, there, we, I think he had five Ks. But yeah, five especially <clears throat> excuse me the uh, the injuries that have kind of started to come you know over this team. Um, you know, we had the minor one with Sam Horn, and I've had a couple others that have kind of either been pulled mid game or discover something after the game. For Ty to you know have his number called uh, kind of mid game like that to go in and start slinging it, man, you know, pat on the back to him because that uh, that's gutsy. And then to go out and deliver a quality performance like that, that's pretty darn impressive. Absolutely, and we're gonna need a lot more of that because, like you said, this team this team is you know really exceed expectations, but also injury bug is hitting us pretty hard now, and um, we're gonna have to have a lot more bullpen help because it seems to be that's where all the injuries are coming from. But, I mean, on that game there, you know, when we got to extras, we got base runners a few times and just we never could get that last hit to get them across the plate there. So, mm-hmm. left left a little bit there to be desired. But don't give up on this team. Uh, don't be that type of fair-weather fan, please. You know, these guys still have full confidence. I uh Cole, I believe you were texting Ty and Dylan yesterday morning, Sunday morning. I was messaging Ty yesterday on on Twitter, and he says, "Yeah, it's not not the results we wanted, but 
we're going to learn from it. We're going to go back at them, give them hell, you know. So uh, this team's not giving up, and there's still a ton out there for a season. Uh, just update the SEC standings. South Carolina is undefeated, 6-0. and Vanderbilt, 6-0. and Kentucky and Florida both sitting 5-1. and uh, I don't think they really do it east and west as far as baseball. Like, if I'm not mistaken, when it gets to the conference tournament time, they just do 1 through 14, right? Or they don't even do 14. They do 12, I think. Yeah. Because I know there's a couple times Mizzou hasn't made the SEC baseball tournament. We weren't mm-hmm. good enough in the standings. So, uh, if you if you do it as a conference as a whole, LSU at four and two, Arkansas four and two. They played each other over the weekend, uh, and then Tennessee and Mizzou three and three. Mizzou sweep Tennessee, but Tennessee sweeped uh, one of the Mississippi schools over the weekend. And then you drop down to Alabama and Auburn two and four. And then Georgia and A&M, both one and five. And then both your Mississippi schools, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, 0 and 6. What's going on and, over uh, there? Conference play, I don't know. Those are two really good schools. They're just struggling this year. Yes. I guess that's the that must be the sacrifice you got to have to win an Addy in baseball is, you know, you have, two, you have a really good year, win the Addy, and then, uh, you know, not very good for a year. Just fall apart. Yeah, yeah. Bama's baseball team, one more thing. Like I said, don't give up. This is also a fun team to watch. There's a lot of really fun players in this team. Hank the Tank, you know, the transfer from UNLV at first base. Man, he's been an absolute, like, first of all, he's doing big things. He's hitting a lot of home runs, but also he's just so animated on the on the base paths. That's another thing I should mention about that game I was at at Kaufman. Was, uh, so we were right above the team's dugout. And every time a run scored, those guys were out of the dugout. They were high five and they were jumping around. They are just a high energy team. Watch, uh, and there's going to be a lot more good coming out of this team as the season goes on. So, a little road bump in South. Honestly, like you said, could have gone two and one, went zero and three, but we'll uh, we'll rebound. It's a good. We're still a pretty good team. And then previewing this week, uh, tomorrow we have Illinois. And then Wednesday, Lindenwood, and then a weekend series at Kentucky. So uh, they got a full week ahead of them. And interesting, I'm interested in seeing how they bounce back. Uh, I believe this team believes in themselves. And the, the mental part of it is a huge part of the game. So, uh, but if we continue to show them support, on social media and showing up in stands when they're home, uh, I don't think they're going to give up on themselves anytime soon. Absolutely. Get out to Taylor Stadium. And then let's get into football. Uh, Mizzou had its spring game, but <laughs> but very few people actually can tell you much about it, and I'm not one of them because they, they held it indoors. Uh, I know they had some high-level recruits there for next year's recruiting, but I don't I don't know how much we can say about spring ball. Usually, we you know there's some good talking points about what you saw in the spring game, but uh, 
not not a whole lot for me on on it. Is there much from y'all? Uh, no. I mean, I did get the. It looks like the Kiwi battle is kind of spicy. Um, not only you know it's Sam Horn out there and Jake Garcia, but Dylan Liable, the oh, Touchdown Kansas transfer, has been um really giving him some some uh, heat. So that's worth watching. It's worth watching uh, to see what he does. So that's kind yeah, of a big story I've read there. I'm excited, obviously. I think like everybody is to see kind of what comes out of the the quarterback room and the quarterback um, situation. But man, I think at this point, you know, especially in the spring, it's an early spring. Um, I think we had like the earliest in Power Five. But um, yeah, I will take any kind of good competition at any position, but especially the quarterback because this is a huge, huge year. Uh, not only with the people that have been brought in, excuse me for the. Uh, you know, for the roster, but for, you know, for Drinklets. Well, question for y'all with us. Uh, I'm not sure if we're the earliest in the power five, but I know we're for sure the earliest in the SEC for spring ball. And you'd think that would be backwards because we are one of the more, I'm not sure if we're the most Northern or not. We're absolutely uh, the most Northern. Are we? Okay. I yeah. know like Lexington is, is close, uh, but yeah. you know, we're, you would think we would be at the tail end of spring games, but with the transport portal having a second window, uh, do y'all think Drinkwitz does this early one? Uh, you get that's longer with playbooks. Players get get to study. Uh, that's longer time that they have to prepare for summer and, and fall ball and and hone in what the coaches say they need to work on. And then two, it, it also gives the coaching staff an idea of the depth chart and lets them have a more prepared game plan for when the second transfer portal opens. And if we lose any players, what, what players or what positions they need to look at bringing somebody in to fill in. Yeah, I think that last part's a big part of it. Drinkwood says it's for injuries, which that could very well be true. But you mean you gotta think it is so he has more time to watch that transfer portal, right? He, you know, he gets his stuff done. He kind he kind of has an idea of who's gonna be where, what he needs to improve on, and he's got the the rest of the time to go after and recruit transfers. So yeah, I think it's a lot of that as well. Yeah, transfer portal for sure. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing. Um, but also another thing, I think it's big to the players. You know, we saw this kind of with the bowl game decision. Uh, Mizzou's on spring break this upcoming week. So I think it's big for them to get the spring game kind of knocked out, um, spring practice, and then be able to go on spring break um, and not have to worry about, you know, fall camp or spring camp or anything like that. Yeah. But. I don't know if y'all saw the picture Coach Pillar posted, said, see y'all in the fall, and it was with the hashtag NWO, which is nasty wideouts, and it was a wideout and tight end room. And my goodness, if that that picture just got me excited, got like goosebumps on my arms, like, I can't wait. I cannot wait uh, for football season to get here. I I agree. Uh, man, we've got so much talent in the wide receiver room, too. We get all that together. Jacob Peeler is a great coach. I'm, I'm really excited what he's done here. But yeah, no, it's it's hard not to get excited to think about how much just how much talent sit in that receiver room right now. 
but there there was some coaching news coming out of spring ball kind of out of nowhere uh from the outside i don't know internally but out is marcus johnson offensive line coach he goes and follows ryan walters to purdue uh kind of odd time of the year to be taking another job uh so we had an off- offensive line position open and fill it with brandon jones uh who's been college coach collegiate coach for 16 years he comes from houston where he was co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach uh he's been with a handful of different programs but uh, not gonna lie i think offensive line was probably our biggest weakness last year uh so not saying that's on coach but uh i'm i'm excited that potential of maybe a different voice bringing different teaching techniques or something and solidifying our offensive line play i have to agree i actually really like this hire um once i was able to under get my google to understand i wasn't trying to google the nascar driver i was trying to find the football coach I looked through some of his stats and, uh, yeah, played D1 ball at Texas Tech uh, during the Graham uh, Harrell Graham Harrell era. That's pretty cool. You're right. He's been uh, he's now the O line coach, um, co offensive coordinator for um, Houston. It's a pretty big uh, responsibility, I think. Um, so yeah, I I love this hire. Like you said, I didn't have a problem with Marcus Johnson, but O line was someone struggled with, and who knows that's a coaching or a Jimmy's and Joe's problem. Um, but I think it's worth, uh, seeing what Brandon can do. And if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, there is a, uh, it's a pretty high end transfer coming out of Houston, right? O-line prospect or O-line guy. I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't heard that. So tell me what you know. Let's see here. Cole, go ahead and go. I'm going to try to look this up. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I, I saw an interesting stat that, uh, you know, the first time, and maybe the recruit that you're talking about, but they had um, an offensive lineman out of Houston that was the first ever back-to-back, you know, first-team all-conference, uh, or maybe even, I don't think it was first-team all-American, but first-team all-conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, that obviously filled a huge void, and you're right, Skeeter, with the timing thing. It just shows that maybe this was a mutual thing um, between Drinkwitz and, um, you know, Coach Johnson. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting for sure, but I am excited because, um, you know, if he was, if he spent even a little bit amount of time down in Houston, we all know the, the talent bank that Texas is, it's, um, it's pretty rich. So maybe he already has some ties with, uh, with some recruits down there that are worth a second look. Absolutely. Then also, uh, defensive coordinator, uh, coach Baker, Brings in an old friend of his, David Blackwell, who has over three decades of collegiate coaching experience. Uh, He's coming from Louisiana Tech, where his defensive coordinator last. Uh, He has 13 years as defensive coordinator for six different programs. I don't know if I like them, but it never hurts to have 30-plus years of collegiate coaching experience as an analyst uh, or a defense you know, an assistant to the defensive coordinator position. So uh, I like that coaching staff is not 
we know everything, we're doing it our way. They're still wanting to bring in more eyes and ears and opinions and thoughts on how to get better. Uh, I don't think defense was a was a position we thought needed to get better, but they will definitely take another set of eyes and ears out there watching us and giving us ideas, right? Absolutely. It's obviously someone that Coach Baker trusts and I've got I've got no reason to question anything Coach Baker's done so far. He's been nails since he got here. Um I'm sorry, I heard what I was saying uh for Brandon Jones. Cameron Johnson was an offensive lineman from Houston. He was all conference, only allowed one sack last season. Big dude, six four, three oh five. He's who I was referring to. If there's any chance maybe we could get him to tag along. That would be huge. Like, yeah. Not figuratively speaking, but also literally. <laughs> um, it's any, like we said, any help on the O line if possible. You know, oh, that yeah, will take any and all O line help at this point. Um, not to discredit our guy, you know, like Luke Griffin, but like I mentioned earlier, depth in any and all positions is good for, for competition. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> a couple quick notes to hit on here. Uh, it's been confirmed that. Coach Robin, uh, last name Pen- Pendleton. I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Women's basketball coach. She is confirmed Pinched to come him. back to the next season. Coach Pinchton. Uh, Pinchton. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I always just remember Robin. I have an Aunt Robin, so it's easy for me to just remember her first name. <laughs> but uh, she's coming back. It is confirmed. Uh, I think it's a make or break year for her. Uh, when you have to have the AD come out and say, yes, they they get to coach another year, <laughs> you're probably about as hot as your hot seat can be, I would imagine. Uh, when they have to publicly tell everybody you're not getting fired, <laughs> you're going to be allowed to coach one more year. And then – go ahead. I was going to say, I think people <sighs> – I think a lot of people were leaning towards, yeah, you know, she's getting ready to get canned. But, um, yeah, I would say that her leash is very short with Desiree Reed-Francois. Um, I don't know if her recruiting class this year is something that saved her, you know, kind of a last-ditched effort. Um, but, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. We're, we're a long ways from basketball, though. Yeah. Well, our ladies softball uh, don't want to – Overlook them, but they're they're just not getting the results uh, that we we're hoping to see uh, this early in the year. They have been swept by Auburn, and they now sit one and eight in the league play. Just to update them, but uh, when they are home, please uh, go out and support them. And that's how we're going to get better as a whole as a program when uh, they can show up-and-coming recruits, here's a packed-out stadium for softball, you know. So, uh, and it's it's never a bad thing to get out and enjoy the outdoors and, and the sport, and it's a good family atmosphere. Absolutely. Y'all, y'all have anything else? Oh, we have a basketball, men's basketball news. Uh, which one of y'all want to break that? Case, lead the way. Lead the way. Um, yeah, so we uh, Gates was on the, the recruiting trail again today, and we signed a shoot or no, sorry, uh, 
wing out of Colorado State University. Give me one second. John Tanjay. Tanjay. I was looking up the pronunciation I sent you guys Not just John to make Tate. sure. John Tanjay. John Tanjay. <laughs> um, no, that's a big get. Uh, I put a tweet out today of a highlight from him. Um, absolutely yamming uh, over a defender. He's got a ton of ups. He also is shooting just under 40% from three. And he's averaging five uh, attempts a game. So he, he's, he's shooting the ball really well. No, this is a big get. Um, obviously, you know, we, I think we kind of um, – I don't want to say overlook, but, you know, you, you, you we, we, the big conferences and Mountain West isn't quite that. But um, this is this is a big get. This guy can score. He's done nothing but score at Colorado State. Um, and a weird one It's that I kind of like to measure off of is uh, the Colorado State fans are pretty bummed out to see him leaving. So that's usually a good sign on who you're picking up there. When yeah, when his, I that tweet that you that tweet that you put out about him, you know, the highlight dunk was very reminiscent to me of Noah Carter's, you know, two-handed jam in the tourney. Oh, um, back scratcher for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's an athletic guard, big guy. I think he's like six four, six five, um, good wing size for sure. Um, but yeah, if he's shooting almost forty percent from three, I'd like to know how many that's out of. But still, nonetheless, like you said, if there's a the fan base that he's leaving is, you know, upset about him leaving. Um, I bring him on. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking, uh, well, now we've replaced Demoy Hodge, uh, who was a senior, had no more eligibility left. So uh, I feel that's one, one spot taken there. I don't know if it's Hodge or Goldstein, but it's definitely going to make up for Hodge's scoring. You know, uh, I feel like Hodge, Hodge was more of the two guard, and Golston was three. Do you and think with this, with this guy being six four, six five, uh, and being listed as a guard, I think he would he would fall into the two two guard spot. I think so. I was thinking of more of a three, but I guess we'll see what happens. We got a long we got a long time before we play our first game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean Gates is hitting it hard and heavy, you know, right out of the uh off the coattails of the season. I mean, I know that there were tweets going out that he was having a Zoom meeting with Eddie Lampkin out of TCU. Um Ike out of uh Wyoming. I know people are trying to keep an eye on him. Um and if we know Dennis Gates, I mean this stuff continues all the way through like early summer. So mm-hmm. he'll be he'll be a busy man for sure. And name that is going to be popular with a lot of Mizzou Twitter right now is Caleb Love, St. Louis kid who has three years experience at North Carolina, being a, been in a lot of big games. Uh, I know he's going to be one that a lot of people are, are clamoring for to come home. Uh, so whether or not he fits this coaching style and, and whatnot, that's yet to be determined, but uh, that's going to be a popular name among a bunch of fans. Absolutely. I've, I've seen a lot of Mizzou players, even football players, kind of tweeting at him, trying to get him come to come to Mizzou. I think there's a lot of St. Louis kids that, that want to see him come back here. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I watched him, you know, put Duke away in the tournament last year. Very impressive. I saw him you know, miss, miss some shots in the championship game. In my mind, 
you guys, you know, this is like you think this is really logical, but get all the talent you can, and then let's see what Dennis Gates can do with it. Because yeah. one thing I feel like that would hurt us is we got good shooters, but sometimes you got an off night, and we didn't have enough big time shooters to really make up for it. You know, and I'm saying there, there's nights where Kobe was off and Noah kept us in the game. Uh, there's you know, and Golson kept us in the game, whatever. But there were some games like the Princeton game where no one was on, and we just we got pounded because of it. Yeah, what like more than one, one more of the slack. Kind yeah, of. one more shooter like this. I mean, that's one more guy that can get hot and carry us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Well, <clears throat> stay on basketball real quick, uh, since we are members of the SEC. Getting eight teams in the tournament <laughs> felt pretty good about the league as a, as a whole, but boy, after the Sweet Sixteen, uh, was not as good as a league year as a lot of people were expecting. I think. Yeah, some pretty shallow runs, us included, obviously. Um, but yeah, that is uh, there's, there was a few few surprising losses there. Yeah, I mean, if you would have told at the beginning of March Madness, you know, blindly told somebody, hey, out of the, you know, I guess in basketball, power six, power seven teams, the four that are going to be in it, uh, the most prominent one in the conference is going to be Miami. You would think, okay, or even just been like, hey, the most prominent team in is going to be from the ACC. You'd be like, oh, you know, Duke made it. Or, you know, something like that where oh, UNC you was guessed, number one. Yeah. <laughs> you would not have guessed what Miami, no uh, way. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. No, you nobody would have guessed that. So no, absolutely. Three, three out of the four final four is our first time in the final four. Not saying I'm jealous, but damn it, I'm jealous. No, yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That would have uh, been uh and who, let's see, who would we have been? Would have been San Diego State, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like San Diego State beat Alabama. Golly. But hey, man, yeah. kudos to them. Kudos to those teams. I don't want to take anything. I don't want to take any wind out of their sails. That's pretty incredible. And I'm glad, honestly, that it's not, you know, oh, Kentucky, Kansas, Alabama, and Duke. Like, I'm glad that it's four, four new teams. And if Florida Atlantic University is hoisting the, uh, hoisting the banners and hanging up the trophy and, you know, cutting down the nets at the end of the year. Hey, man, more power to them. That's what makes March Madness so great. Uh, you never know. I was uh, saying this to uh, to one of the guys in the uh, group chat the other day, Tobin. Um, so Florida Atlantic is based in Boca Raton, Florida. I was born in Boca Raton, Florida. So do I like, you know, by way of Florida Atlanta, do I have a team in the Final Four or no? Does that not count? <laughs> I guess that's up to you. <laughs> no, we I'm get, I guess, claim Mizzou number one for sure. I was born here, but my dad was a Marine in San Diego when I was conceived. Right. So does that mean I'm a San Diego State fan? <laughs> <laughs> Skeeter, you ever been to Miami or uh, Connecticut? I was all uh, Joplin, Missouri. So, okay. real, real exciting adventure for Big Skier. But, well, let's let's kind of transition here to outdoors. Uh, 
you know, with, with basketball being over with, um, not really going to be a lot more football to talk about here and there other than uh, speculation. We we can really get to hammering the outdoors uh, even harder, and it's a great time to be outdoors. Uh, I don't know about y'all, where y'all are in Como and KC, but it was like 76 out here today. Uh, hit right around 70 yesterday, just gorgeous weather. Uh, you know what it means when it hits 70? It means that water's warming up, getting close to that 55-degree water temperature, and you know what that means, don't you? Crappy season? Crappy spawning. Uh, crappie go to spawning. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be time to start ripping some lips. And reading an article here, the Missouri Department of Conservation says this year will be good for crappie fishing as spring spa- spawning season begins, and they – they go around and do uh, hoop nets and stuff throughout Missouri waterways in the fall and kind of measure fish. And I guess 2019 was record spawn for crappie. And they say these those fish are now uh, legal catch size. So it's going to be a good year for the state to get out and do a little crappie fishing. That's great news. Crappie seasons. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I'll kind of... I'll use that, I guess, as a segue um, to kind of, I guess, I'm going to invite myself to tell about my own outdoor stuff this week. Um, Dad and I on, let's see, it was Friday. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was the uh, the day after case up here. It was like, you know, flirting with 70 degrees, but it was pretty windy. Then we had that cold front blowing overnight. Um, Dad and I hit uh, Finger Lakes just north of Columbia. And obviously we're going after crappie trying to see kind of where they're at and i mentioned this before but i'll mention again dad's a retired fishery biologist um with u.s fish and wildlife service so we've always you know kind of bonded over that and um anytime that we can go out and fish and i can pick his brain about you know things within fishing i'm 100 going to do it so we're on the kayaks and we're you know messing around and catching little little bass and i think he even caught a bluegill uh, at one point which is kind of surprising to me they typically don't you know, it, 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 the water was very cold, put it that way. So it was surprising uh, to see a bluegill chase something and not uh, not a crappie. Bass, I mean, you guys know bass will just about bite at anything. I think you mm-hmm. could put a, I think you could put a soda tab on a hook and a bass is going to come after it. Um, but what we were primarily going for, of course, was crappie. But um, I want to give the listeners um, a, a tidbit, and I guess you guys as well. I don't know if you know this or not. Have you guys ever heard of a uh, the term Shrekstoff? No, I've not. Skeeter? No, sir. Okay. So Shrekstoff is a pheromone or home hormone. No, pheromone um, that fish put off, all fish. And the Shrekstoff pheromone is the illustrious feeding frenzy pheromone. So you ever notice if you get on a a good school of uh, bluegill or bass or crappie or whatever. And you're like, holy cow, as soon as this, you know, hook or bait is hitting the water, you know, you're railing another one up. You guys ever had that happen? Yeah. Yeah. When, so, when you get on a group. Yeah, exactly. So one of the main things is, you know, once you catch that first, second, maybe third one, um, they start emitting that pheromone, that Shrek stuff. And it, you know, pulls the other fish from, you know, nearby in, and of course they start emitting more and more and more. And before you know it, you know, your, your cooler's full. So that was kind of one thing that we were, uh, 
banking on. But him and I were talking about that. We were just, you know, thinking, man, if we can just get two or three of them to start biting, we might be able to turn this cold water and cold day into uh, a good fishing opportunity. But conditions just weren't quite right. I think the water's up here still a little cold. Uh, we've had quite a bit of rain this uh you know, late winter, early spring. So I think that keeps setting back the water temperature just a little bit. But it looks like this upcoming week, it's going to be, you know, in the mid to upper 60s uh, for a few days. So that might jumpstart something. Yep. Cole, can you that. can you pronounce that again? Uh, what, what you call that pheromone? Yep. Shrekstoff. Don't ask Shrek me how to spell it, but Shrekstoff. Everybody's got I was voice gonna... text now. So if you... You know, key up the microphone on Google or whatever, um, and y'all say Shrek stuff. That uh, that should get it pulled up. Well, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I know of two Shrek stuffs for us humans, and one is bacon, and the other is popcorn. <laughs> I can, I can leave a buffet and walk in a movie theater and smell popcorn, and I'm hungry again. Yeah. Uh, Bacon's kind of the same way, so <laughs> there's there's two Shrek stops for me there. Uh, <laughs> Those are Skeeter Shrek stops. <laughs> smell, smell a lot of bacon down here in Arkansas. I ain't figured that one out yet. <laughs> I got an idea what it might be. Uh, well, the other part of spring uh, that y'all haven't convinced me yet, I, I put that yet there. Uh, y'all got a another hunting season coming up, and yep, I think y'all might want to talk a little bit about it and kind of what y'all are thinking. Uh, how how much further out is it? What what kind of preparation are you doing now? And what? Yeah. So we got April seventeenth. We got turkey season coming up. That's opening day. Um, I don't know. I just it's the most fun time of the year. I don't know about you, Cole. I'm I'm going through the whole thing right now where I'm pulling everything out of the closet. Um, getting everything lined up, looking at all my, you know, my decoys. So it's that time of year for me. Um, I saw you went out and did a little bit of scouting there day before work, though. You want to mention anything about that? Yeah. Um, I was actually trying to convince my four-year-old tonight, to, especially now that the sun, you know, is setting a little bit later. I was trying to convince her to load up in the truck so we go listen for birds. But we'll do that every now and again during the spring. Um, but, yes, I'm right there with you. My uh, – the pot calls have come back out, uh, diaphragm calls, all that, have, you know, now entered my lunchbox uh, that I take to work. And so when we're slow at work, I'll pop a diaphragm call in. And in between planes calling, I'll sit there and, you know, practice, uh, practice and fine tune my skills. And actually over the past like year and a half, two years, it's actually really helped a lot. I'll do it, you know, in the truck too, on the way to work. But um, my daughter and I did see right off the road, man, like 25 yards off the road, eight or nine hens and one gobbler. Uh, this was last week or the week before last full strut, man, just right there, broad daylight, like three 30 in the afternoon, 25 yards off the road, just, you know, doing their thing. But, uh, I'm stoked. Very, very stoked. Um, uh, my daughter's on spring break this week. And so we're going to go to St. Louis zoo this week. Um, aquarium and you know just some fun things for her but then uh after that man it is getting dialed in on uh on turkeys so if absolutely if you're a pilot 
and you're flying in or out of Columbia Regional Airport, and you go to talk to the tire and you get a squeak back real quick, don't think it's your audio. It's probably Cole trying to talk with the diaphragm still in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, probably me. I haven't quite got the diaphragm out of my mouth yet, so. <laughs> Sound like Donald Duck up there. Yeah, Skeeter, well, I don't know what we're going to have to do to convince you to go turkey hunting because, I mean, watch the hunt public. Watch, uh, you know, uh, Penny Hoy. Watch uh, Chasing 49. I mean, anything on YouTube. I mean, if it doesn't tickle your fancy, hey, more power to you. But, um, yeah, I think it's got Case and I by the you-know-what. I'll be honest, guys. This whole time uh, we've been talking, I've had a turkey hunting videos on in the background. Um, <laughs> that's actually what took me so long to pull up uh, Tawny's stats earlier is because I was having to click out of turkey hunting video in the background. Um, no. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Scooter. But I, I was going to say to Cole's point there, uh, my boss owns uh, – 50 acres smack dab in the middle of 3,500 acre public hunting land that is walk-in only during turkey season. And last week, the Forest Service did a control burn on his place, and I said, is that going to mess up your turkey season? He said, I've got 3,500 acres around me. I'm not worried <laughs> about my 40, you know, but uh, I might talk with him and see if I can go tag along for a hunt or two. I don't know if I'm a go all out and go and get shotgun, go to shooting targets just yet, but might tag along and see what it's all about. You, I don't know about y'all up there, but down here, uh, you really got to watch where you're stepping, sticking your hands and setting your butt. It's kind of like beginning of bow season. You never know where them timber rattlers are copperhead time yeah. where they're coming out. I'm more concerned with ticks up here. I get absolutely just throttled by ticks. Yeah, I've yeah. had a few snake encounters, um, you know, getting so excited to, to get set up somewhere. And luckily, I've learned to start sitting in the shade, and most of the snakes I've encountered have been on the sun side of trees. So they may not be right in my lap, or I may not sit on them, but uh, they'll be on the other side of the tree. And as long as they stay over there, I'll stay on my side. We'll be good to go. You mentioned something about starting, you know, get into it and... I don't know, maybe maybe there are people in our podcast that don't turkey hunt. If you're gonna uh if you're gonna give uh, a quick rundown of just stuff you absolutely need to have on you, what would you what would you go with? I mean, you're gonna need shotgun, obviously. Um, you're gonna need your camo. And I think you I think you get away without a vest if you were if you were okay if you're uncomfortable for a little bit, not having a padded seat there. You got the a hen decoy is really all you need to really get out there and try it out yeah i'd say you know obviously assuming you know you already have licenses and you know obviously all that stuff um obviously (laughs) shotgun 20 or 12 gauge uh with the you know uh appropriate load yeah full or modified full somewhere in there um camo with a face mask um turkey hunting in missouri i don't believe it is required it may be encouraged, but it is not required, to my knowledge. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd say a good pair of boots. Um, luckily, turkeys cannot smell very good. 
So yeah. if it's uh, some of your creature comforts to keep you in the woods longer, because, you know, you may watch some of these YouTube videos where, you know, roosted ain't roasted. Uh, so if you roost a bird at night and uh, you try and go in there in the morning, well, I mean, you know, it's going to pitch down into your setup. Um, so, yeah, I'd say something to keep you comfortable, water, coffee. But then, um, yeah, whatever kind of call that you're comfortable with, box, slate, pot, diaphragm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'll don't. i be honest with you, Case, I don't even use the decoy anymore, hardly. Especially yeah. if I'm in the timber setup. Um, I just try and, I've started using topography more to keep me hidden and, and make the bird come to a, a distance that I'm comfortable shooting, but also commit, you know what I mean? Set up on the backside of a ridge or, you know, use some sort of terrain feature to my advantage to where he has to come investigate fully. And once he investigates fully, he's in range. Absolutely. Once, I guess, uh, and you do a lot of timber hunting, right? Like a lot of your, you do a lot of public land out there in Bidmo. Yep. Yep. So I'm hunting almost entirely fields. Um, that's what my property is. That's what uh, a permission I have uh, up north is. So I'm always set up in the timber line looking out. And it, that, it, that, that, that is decoys helpful there. Uh, it just gives them something to aim at maybe to come down to your, your spot. Yeah. Um, that being said, I've hunted the timber in those multiple times, but um, I don't know. You know what? You can give me give me a tip here. Um, my plan is almost always find a field. You know, I think they're going to come down in, set up there. If that doesn't work, we'll go through the through the woods. What 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 is your opinion on that? What is your what is your plan a, a day look like like that? I mean, if you're yeah, if you're hunting fields and stuff right now, and anybody that's kind of primarily hunting fields, or if you got you know. A, um, piece of private or permission or even a, a spot of public that, that has a big open field right now is the time to scout during the daytime uh, early morning you know maybe leave the house 10 15 minutes earlier and take the long way to work or whatever um, and learn what these birds are doing you know what I mean where the bird where the hens like to eat um, you know where they like to be of a day if there's nesting cover close you know those hens probably aren't going too far um, whatever you can do to learn their pattern to your advantage and get in there and not, you know, booger up their pattern as much as we think that, you know, <clears throat> if you think you're a, you know, world champion turkey caller, well, if that gobbler doesn't want to come to your turkey call because, you know, he's got live ends in the field in front of him, I'm sorry, but it just ain't going to happen. Um, so whatever you can do to learn that turkey behavior and that pattern, if you do got some birds on your property, if not, now's the time to get in and find that sign that I mentioned a couple episodes ago. You know, scratching, roost locations, um, go out there of a morning or of an evening and listen, you know, hit where you're hearing birds. Um, I mean, they're, they're animals just like, just like us. They need shelter, they need food, and uh, they need water. So, absolutely. I, I knew y'all were going to talk turkey tonight, so I wanted <laughs> to do a little homework myself uh and i found uh, walmart has it for 2.94 right now a pound in the frozen section so if i want some turkey i know where to go get it <laughs> there, you there you go skeeter you go uh, get that butterball all right <laughs> uh, also uh forgot to mention this earlier in the sports this is jumping off topic real quick but we did the the group 
uh, on the ESPN Tournament Challenge, we had 31 entries. Uh, Y'all want to guess out of the 31, how many still have their champions possible? Oh, God. I don't know. No one? One, yeah. One or none? Two. There's actually two. Uh, ESPN 63157418821, real creative name. Uh, they are <laughs> the group with 630 total points, and they have San Diego State still in play for their champion. And then down in fifth place at 580 points, uh, the correct bracket is the name of it, has UConn. Everybody else is red and scratched through. <laughs> and I'm one of them because I had Houston. I had Alabama. <laughs> I had it set up where you could enter two brackets because I always like to have one where Mizzou wins. And then usually my bracket that I'm most successful on, I go through and pick very minimal upsets, you know, and my Mizzou bracket that's supposed to be my fun, like wouldn't it be cool if this and this and this happened, uh, is kicking my uh, higher seated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but pretty bad right now. So, uh, but it's funny. I want to touch on something with the, you know, with the tournament. It's funny. Aside from uh, Virginia's, I feel like what's been what's become an annual first round exit. Um, it seems like after Princeton beat Arizona, everything up until then was, you know, pretty much going higher seat of moving on. As soon as Arizona beat, or as soon as Arizona lost to Princeton, it's like all hell broke loose. And now here we are with the final four that we have. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. Well, fellas, uh, let's go and get this wrapped up so we're not too long of a pod and lose listeners for that aspect of it. But appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, Look forward to our baseball team rebounding against. Illinois and Linwood and then Kentucky. So we'll have that to talk about next week. And we're, we're lining up some more guests. Uh, so if you enjoy the guest segments that we have, stay tuned because Cole's working them DMs. I am. I got two more things I want to say. Um, I want to echo what you said to our listeners. Thank you for listening. If you were expecting a guest this week, I'm sorry. Um, we just kind of had some scheduling issues and couldn't get it worked out. Uh, number two, back to the turkeys. Good luck to any youth this weekend. Um, if you are a turkey hunter and you have the weekend available to take a kid that wants to go out and kill a turkey, take them. Because not only do you get to scratch an extra itch for turkey season, but uh, you may get a kid involved in uh, hunting that uh, may one day take over the Woods, Water, Mizzou podcast once we're tired of doing it. hey if you do get a turkey or a nice catch of a fish you want to share hit us up on twitter at mizzou pod uh y'all also have facebook page set up i believe it's woods water mizzou on facebook right yep yes absolutely so i run that one so bother me on there Look, reach out to us and share those pictures with us. We we love the interaction with the listeners. Yep, those are this time of year. I want to see the birds y'all get, or fish, or crappie, or bass. Let me see them. All of it. 
mushrooms, morel mushrooms, yeah, mushrooms turkeys, too. crappie. Uh, if you trap a beaver, I think beaver season, beaver trap season still up in Missouri. Whatever you got outdoor related, sheds, send it to us. If you get your truck stuck, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on that note, M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care. <laughs>